my life or my future, my significance rests on me, on my accumulation of resources, on my standing out, on my correctly navigating all the things in front of me. That's a sense of suffocation. Or also that my children's lives, they rest on my securing all the right opportunities for them. The tent sinks, it suffocates, and all there is is my strength or my plans. And what I hope we can see is that in this culture of reduction, that the psalm pushes against such a reality, such a message, through this series of imperatives in which we are invited to shout for joy or to come ready to serve and give ourselves to something, to come into a presence with singing and with thanks, that we are being called to respond to something vast and great. We're being invited, directed to respond to someone beautiful and worthy. See, God gives us this psalm to invite us to worship, but to, more than that, to, to help us worship, to help us direct this fundamental part of ourselves to something that will not hurt us but will restore us and something that will not suffocate us but invite us to something much larger than ourselves. You see, all of creation is called to jo this joyful noise. And wonder upon wonder, this reality is not something that you and I create. It's not something that we hold up, but rather what the psalm is inviting us to see is that it is. We are simply called to join and respond. If we return to the image of the tent, the tent is lifted high. It exists, and we are called to come in, to dwell, to enjoy its existence, and to participate and know it. We're invited and directed to worship. And before we move to the second question, though, I want us to, to dwell for a moment in thinking about the image of the tent in which we're invited in. Because as we hear this direction to, to, to come with gladness or with shouts of joy, it's possible that we might wonder, we might have the question, does joining in such worship mean denying my sorrows or my struggles? Does lifting up and enjoying the song of joy mean that I have to no longer Acknowledge the sorrow or the struggles that I have. And I want us to see and hear clearly that the psalm is saying, no. It's not one or the other. But rather what we're invited into is this reality, this vastness, this wonder of God, that there is room for us to both worship God and to be honest about who we are. For this is the profound nature, instead of a suffocation, that all there is is my resources to handle what is wrong. We're invited into the world in which God is worthy of praise and welcomes sinners and broken men and women to join with him. So our songs of joy do not cancel our struggles, but rather come alongside of them. We are directed to come and to worship. 
And the second question that we can ask then is why? Why? What's the reason for this list of imperatives? Why should we praise and give thanks? And as we ask this question, I, I want us to, to circle around and, and focus on one aspect of the, our psalm where it says, know that the Lord, he is God. Why do we worship? No. Know this. That word there has this idea of, of being conscious of, of latching on to, holding on to something. Know this. The Lord, He is God. During my time away this summer, one of the things that I did, Owen, my son Owen and I went camping in the Cumberland Gap. If you want to know more about the Cumberland Gap, we listened to a podcast all about it on the way. I can tell you about Daniel Boone in Kentucky. <laughs> uh, but we went through most of Kentucky and camped just across the border into Virginia. And on one of the hikes in that area, Owen wanted to check out a, a fast-moving creek just off the path. And so we went down, and there, there, there was a number of stones that were covered with moss. You had to be careful where he stepped. Now, this would be a much better story if I fell in the creek, but I did not fall in the creek. So... I, I safely navigated which stones to step on. But I want to invite you to picture this fast-moving creek. And there were some stones you could step on and make your way across, and others that had this kind of slime on them that if you did so, you would be getting wet. And if you could picture this image of the creek and the stones, this helps us get the idea of, of what we're being told to know. When we ask what do we know or told to know something? It's like looking for the solid or certain rocks to step on. It's asking what things in which can I stand or, or make my way. And our psalm is answering this question of why by saying, know this, latch on to this, stand here. We worship and give thanks because the Lord is God. It's he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. If we follow that image still of the, of the moving water, the stones not only give us a place to stand, but, but I can almost picture them as interrupting the, the movement of the water. Part of us knowing something is not just having a place to step or to stand, but think about our, our current of, of thought as we go through today or this, this week ahead of us. As we consider all the things that we have to do or the things being asked of us, as we feel those moments of being overwhelmed or discouraged, as we look at ourselves or we look around at others and we, we feel pain or we feel shame or feel mistreated or uncertain, in that flow of thought and questions, here is a stone, here is something that interrupts and says, know this. Know that the Lord the one who made you in all creation, he is God. Know this, the one who kept covenant faithfully with Israel even when they were sinful and rebellious, he, this one, is God. And know this, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, he is God. He is the very one who made you. You belong to him. 
See, the psalm is not just inviting us to worship, but it's giving this, this reason that there is something that would disrupt the flow of our thought, give us new answers to who we are or how we are to see ourselves or others. Another place to stand and a place to have hope. we come and as we draw to a close to back to this image of the tent the, the world that we live in the, the culture around us often it feels very suffocating reduced down to ourselves but we're invited to see that the tent is lifted high and two of the posts that hold it high and invite us in are referenced in this knowing what is it that we are to know or to hold in our mind in one post I could say is the givenness of things. And the second post is what we could call a mutual belonging. This is part of what we are to know, that the givenness highlighting here is what we are to know is that we did not make God, but God made us. It's interesting the psalm wants to pause and highlight this. One of the sticks, the posts holding up this tent is that we did not make God, but rather God made us and we are his people, which means that our lives, all of creation, all of our gifts, and our relationship rooted in God's faithfulness and love, that these are given to us. They are gifts. And part of the Christian message is that it's, it's too good to be true, right? That who we are and how we think of life begins with a givenness, something given to us. It doesn't begin with what you've done today or what you've earned. It begins with something given to you. And if that is true, it changes how we see ourselves or others. For our significance is not earned. Our value is not something we secure but that love and mercy and faithfulness are given to us by our God. We're invited into such a tent, such a reality to worship. And the other post to mention, this other knowing that we see here is this mutual belonging. God is our God, and we are God's people. It's at the heart of the scriptures, right? The promise. Our creator says, I will be your God and you will be my people. And these promises are most clearly seen in the person of Jesus. As we heard Laura read from John 10, that he is the good shepherd. He knows his sheep by name, meaning that he knows you and calls you by name. In Galatians 2, we hear that Jesus gave himself up for you personally. He laid down his life for you, going and finding you even in your wandering and lostness to carry you home. Therefore, because of this work, because of this givenness, we can speak of God as my God, my Lord, my Father, my Shepherd. And so as we gather here, we do so as fellow sheep. One of the joys and mysteries of this passage is that we are invited together as the church, as the worshiping community. Why do we gather? We gather, again, not because you and I have done everything right or we know what to do. We gather 
because our good shepherd has laid down his life for us, inviting us into this tent of life that we may respond with thanks and worship. Let us gather as fellow sheep, giving thanks for our shepherd. Know this. This is why we worship. Because our lives, our schedules, our plans, how others see us or respond to us, those things have been interrupted with the good news that we can latch on to. That the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. Amen. Let's give thanks. Lord, thank you for who you are, and we thank you that you are a God that's good and worthy of our lives and worthy of our thanks and worship. We pray, Lord, that we would move us to do so and that this worship would not only be outward, but it would work its way into our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Will you stand with us and we'll sing together?
Eternal God, we praise you for your everlasting goodness toward your people. For what do we have that is not a gift from you? And now we join with your people on earth and all the company of heaven in the unending hymn. seated. Uh, having heard God's word, we're now invited to come to the table that God sets for his people. At the end of the, the psalm is another explanation of why we worship that we didn't touch upon in the sermon, but we're told the, the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. I mention that because this table is an opportunity for us to remember that to hold something and to taste something that tells us of God's steadfast love. As we gather before the table, we always remind ourselves that this is what's called a visible word or the gospel and something that we can see and, and hold and taste. And here we see the steadfast love of God that our place is not because of what we have done or will do. It's not a seat that we earn, but rather it's a family meal in which our place is given to us. The Lord made us and we are his. Our place is because he took our sin upon himself, his broken body and shed blood, that we would be declared righteous and forgiven, fully a member of God's family. Nothing bef between us and the one who has made us. And so this is the good news and this is what this table proclaims for us to see and so, therefore, if you know of your sin before God and know of your need before God and place your faith not in yourself but in Christ, you boast in Christ, not in yourself, then come and eat and drink of this table. If you're not ready to participate in this, let this table be a witness and an invitation for you, a chance to reflect on who God is and the invitation he has for you. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this table. And I pray, Lord, that you set apart these elements from a common use to a sacred and holy one, and that by your spirit you would meet us and minister to us, that you would help us know this day that you are God and that we are with you in Christ, that you are our shepherd who watches over us. Remind us of that ongoing, that we may know who we are in you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, on the night that he was betrayed, after giving thanks, Jesus took the bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Whenever you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. For as often we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. I invite you to, those who are helping serve, you can come forward this time. 
to receive communion, I'm going to invite you to come down the, the, the two aisles, and you can receive the bread and the cup and go back on the sides. And if you're able, that, that you would hold the elements until everyone's been served, that we can eat and drink as one family. If you're not taking communion today, I still invite you to come forward. You just put your arm across your chest. Uh, we'll offer a blessing for you uh, up front here. Let us come before God and receive his gifts.
Christ's body was broken to make us whole. Let us eat in faith. And Christ's blood was shed to cover all of our sins. Let us drink in faith. In response to this table, I invite you to stand that we can pray and sing and confess our faith as God's people. Lord Jesus, you are our salvation and our hope. You save the humble but bring low the proud and your loving kindness is our refuge. Help us to trust you in all our circumstances as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Let us declare our faith in the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. He was buried, he was raised to life on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Afterwards, he appeared to his followers and to all the apostles. This we have received and this we believe. Amen. You may be seated. Well, we're going to continue worshiping through a, a time of offering to give our, our resources to the work of God and his church. And so uh, greeters are going to come forward to, to off, pass the offering plates. You can give the offering plate. You can also, you can see in your order, there's a couple other ways to give through text or through uh, uh, giving online. Also, I have a couple announcements to share. One, I'm going to invite Justin Sauter to come up for a moment. I want to introduce Justin. <laughs> Thanks, Justin. Uh, this is Justin. And uh, Justin's been helping with the youth group the last couple years as a volunteer, and that he is going to uh, take over as the youth ministry coordinator uh, as Pastor Eric has moved on to be the pastor of Bethel uh, Community Church. And so um, I just want to make sure that you have met Justin or you see him. If you haven't met him yet, you know, please say hello after the, the church service. But Justin's going to be the one communicating uh, through the youth families about the events and what's going on and help coordinating the different teachers for the, and leaders for the events. So thank you, Justin. Also, I want to take another moment to uh, mention uh, Adam. Adam's a, a member of a church. Adam, will you stand up for us for a moment? Adam, he's a seminary student at North Park, and uh, I want, he asked me if I would share this, but he is transferring to uh, Pacific Seminary in California, to Berkeley. <laughs> a little nicer w winters there than here. Um, but uh, just wanted to say that we're really glad, Adam, that you've been part of a congregation. And uh, if you have a chance today to say goodbye or express thanks to Adam, please do so during the fellowship time. So let me just offer a quick prayer for, for Justin and Adam. Lord, thank you for, for Justin and his um, work with our students, and we pray that you would bless him and the ministry to our junior high and high school students. And also we thank you for Adam and the, the work that you're doing in his life, preparing him for ministry. And I pray that you would bless him as he transitions to California and let that school be um, a great uh, resource to him as he grows. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
the last thing, just a reminder that we do have a time of coffee and, and uh, fellowship after the service. You'll see information in the order of it just around the corner over to the McPherson Playground. So hopefully you can walk over and join us uh, and spend time together. Let's stand together and, and sing our doxology to express our thanks to God's generosity. Receive now God's blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his peace now and forever. Amen.
Go in peace. Thank you.